Hello, dear listeners. Have you been enjoying the comedic stylings of Dear Pod? We sure do hope so. You may be saying to yourself, Wow, golly gee, how can Dear Pod possibly release such quality content week after week? I wonder where I can get more, and I wonder how I may be a part of the fun. The answer is simple, my dears. Head over to our brand spanking new Patreon page and hit subscribe. With two different subscriber levels, you'll gain access to exclusive content, insider info, and the occasional hot wax. By becoming a subscriber, you make it possible for us to give you even more dirty dish throughout the week. So head over to patreon.com slash dearpodofficial and subscribe today. Let's get this show on the road! Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I are in shock. I'm extremely upset. Dear Ann My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that. My wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. lighten it up it's just not quite right you know right except the only thing that i've been able to find is that john cusack is in the middle of the riots do you know about mm-hmm. this in real life yes or john cusack is like the man on the ground and he's taping all of this stuff from the riots and he's posting it and he's honest to god doing a better job of of reporting the riots than most news rooms like cnn nbc john cusack is standing in the middle of it with with the with the boom box over his head be like trying to get ioni sky out of that house and trying to get us all on the same page john I, cusack. I saw your post i saw your post and like what is happening and now that you're telling me that that is actually happening it was like Oh, you got to okay. Google it. Google John Cusack. <laughs> he was trending on Twitter. That That's the only reason I knew. I was like, what the fuck? John Cusack. <laughs> like of all the, you know, who's going to bring us together? A 1980s John Hughes film star. That's what we need. The guy from uh, Better Off Dead in the middle of the riots. Reporting. One crazy summer. Yeah. And he got yeah, like me- maced or something. I mean, he's taking video. <laughs> What's one? It is one crazy summer, isn't it? <laughs> All we need is Demi Moore with those Bo Derek braids and that yes. timeless classic. I loved that movie. I did. And that's not just because there was a claymation burger in it doing a dance, but it had a little bit of everything. It had Bobcat Goldthwait, you know, classic, timeless. What happened? Is Bobcat alive? Oh, not only is he alive, I almost worked with him in the beginning of the year. He's doing, he does a lot of stand-up and he does events and stuff like that. A lot of stuff with Dana Gould. And he was doing um, a reading. Who's Dana Gould? Dana Gould is is an awesome comic. You have to look him up. Like, he's been around for years. He has his own podcast. I love Dana Gould. I'm a fan of his. And he was a writer. um, He currently is, I think, still a writer on The Simpsons. Crazy great Dana Gould. Yeah. Really smart, smart, smart oh. comedy. When I was at Boston Comedy Festival, so this was, yeah, this was, what, last October. He was there, and I got to chat with him a little bit, and he was just cool. I dig him. And so Dana Gould and Bobcat Goldthwait are, like, really good friends. They do a lot of stuff together. And they were doing 
like a staged reading of Plan Nine from Outer Space, and they had lost a girl, and somebody gave me gave them my name, and I was supposed to do it, but then they were like, "Oh wait, we got this other chick last minute," and I'm heartbroken because the '80s junkie in me. If you put me look. The fact that I got to hang out with Deborah Gibson is one thing, but then you let me hang out with and work with Bobcat Goldthwaite and Dana Gould, I'd go apeshit. Yeah. Take your sip. How are you still getting Dunkin' Donuts shitty coffee in the middle of this pandemic? Haven't you changed at all? Haven't you evolved? Well, um, no. Yes, I have. I mean, I've, I vary it, but I had to take Jenny out before I came here. And Dunkin' is closer than any other coffee place. Because they just boarded up another coffee place down the street. I don't know if it was because of the rioting or what. Um, but, like, they board, they boarded up the, the what's it, the timeout? No, the time hotel. And then there's Serafina. And then there's a coffee shop. And they boarded the whole thing up. It was fine yesterday and now today it's all boiling is that because um, are there riots happening aside from union square right now like what's the vibe like in midtown manhattan well apparently we were down we were going to go support my uh my quarantine shout out is for julius bar in uh in the village oh and they're it. serving and they're they're serving like food and whatever drinks on the curb. And so we were going to go there to support. And it was as if it was like, we just stumbled into someone's block party on the way there. Like everyone in the middle of the street, no masks, no social distancing. And Marks and I were walking around like two aliens, <laughs> two, two galians with masks <laughs> on. And everyone's just kind of looking at us. and like, listen, white claw, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So there's that. I, don't understand that. But anyway, so while we were down there and we kept hearing all these sirens and everything, we didn't know what was happening, which was the Brooklyn riot, the Union Square, and one down the street in Times Square, which they posted on um, 42nd Street Magazine, which is kind of funny that down the street there was that. And there were, you know, the police were arresting people because of the um, unlawful, what was it, unlawful uh whatever, whatever it is where you can arrest people because they're in groups of four or more. But then down the street on 51st street between 9th and 10th, it was basically a gay bar. You know, <laughs> like again, no masks, everyone, there's like a thousand people on the street. They're all drinking or whatever. And they're like, do we see a problem here? Like this with this literally is like, it's like the Patty Duke show. Here's Patty who lives. So Julius flies under the radar, the gaydar, well, because nobody well, knows. Julius, well, yeah, Julius is downtown, and it's one of the oldest gay bars. And oh, I know it. That's what, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had, a, we had our um, post-reception drinks there for our wedding. So. Nice, but still... Interesting that they should be hammering down on the people who are protesting and not the Julius people. Uh, so your shut-in shout-out is going to Julius anyway? Yep. Good. Good for them. My shut-in shout-out this week, um, I'm going to give it over to my friend Bree, Bree Cagle. Uh, if you follow her on the Instagram, she's stunning gal, wicked smart, uh, in the fitness world. 
She does a lot of stuff on uh, the Fit On app and stuff like that. But more than that, she's been getting her degree at the Harvard School, the Extension School, and she's oh. doing a lot of like educating people online right now as to what is going on with the riots and why and like mm-hmm. our relationship with what's happening and sort of like educating your allies and your white friends and stuff like that. So go and follow Brie Kegel. It's B-R-E-E-K-O-E-G-E-L on the Instagram. She's got some smart things going on. Follow her. Live it. Love it. That's my shut-in shout-out for the day. Damn it. That's wonderful. That's a goodie. It is a goodie, isn't it? It's a goodie. Um, it's a goodie. Well, hey. Before hey. We, before we go deep diving on anybody's boards, welcome to Dear Pod, the Comedy Advice Podcast. I am your host, on-the-scene reporter, John Cusack. And I'm tied to your family, Tina Yothers from Family Ties. <laughs> and we're coming to you from Ball. Downtown Swiggin' Hell's Kitchen. And the Maha Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? Toga! 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 Talk about another Who doesn't like a good film? Who doesn't, Who doesn't like, like a toga, toga party? party? I don't like a toga party. I don't either. I would never blend in at a toga party. First of all, uh, I don't look good in white. Someone would probably be like, I think your drapes are asking for a new drink. What? Oh, no, that's Aaron. <laughs> white on white. <laughs> There's a lot of white on white. They'd be like, that girl's nude. That little boy is nude. Get him out of here. <laughs> Someone blood on your drapes. No, that's Aaron from behind. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) No, that's just my hair, you guys. Hair? What hair? Uh, Yes. This week. Are you wearing a wig today? No. Oh, no. Okay. So, okay. We'll get into that in a second. At-home hair situation, as was our theme the other week. Um, sure. So this week, like all weeks, please continue to follow us on your social media at Dear Pod Official on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, and of course, our fancy website, DearPodOfficial.com, where you can find every last episode just sitting there, ripe, waiting for you to pick mm. it. And of course, oh my God. you can continue to email us because we have some classic listener mail this week. Uh, DearPodOfficial at gmail.com. And of course... The newest thing to fold into our pimped out opening here. Our Patreon page. That's right. Do you like this quality comedic content? Then you can join and become a subscriber to our Patreon. Also, patreon.com slash official. I think I think we may be up to three American dollars. I don't know. But a girl oh, can dream. I know. We have two right. subscriber right. options. So go and check them out. For, for a simple, for the cost of a cup of coffee from shitty Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> you can get special items delivered into your box from Patty and I. That is right. We'll give you little special Easter eggs and whatnot. So head over to patreon.com. There's some more details over there. You look like you have I may something be a, you want to say. I was just going to say I might be a little bit more selective of what I'm putting in your box. But nonetheless, I'll put it. No, 
I'm not selective of what I accept in my box. So throw mm. anything in there. Storage oh, it must items. Be college. <laughs> Winter shoes, sweaters, <laughs> umbrellas. There's a lot of umbrellas um, in my A boot, box. a license plate. Yeah, I am basically the, the shark that they rip open from Jaws. <laughs> that shark that they're disappointed in. And isn't that the, the story shark. of my life? We finally get a great white, we find her, we open her, and we're disappointed in what we're finding inside her. Send it back. That's what Plus, I feel like. I'm, um, I'm uh, an organ donor, but I feel like when whoever gets all the bits and pieces, when they open me up, they're going to be disappointed. They're going to find a they're license gonna, plate in there. They're going to be like, this isn't a real person. This is the game operation. <laughs> Guys, this isn't fun. You guys, I can't I get doctor. water on the knee. I cannot get water on the knee. Writer's cramp is who's one gonna, of the hardest things ever. Who's going to want this pencil in her forearm? Nobody. <laughs> uh. And frankly, we lost the heart three years ago. Can't find it. I'm pretty sure one of the dogs ate it. There's always a piece that's missing. Always. Well, they're so, they're, they're like, it's like the micro mini, sh- mini machines. They're so small. You're begging. Like why? I mean, I under. I guess I understand, but then I don't know. You do better, operation. (laughs) Do better. Is it just Milton Bradley? Has has Bradley? Hasbro. Mr. Bradley. There's always supposed to be a rubber band in there, and every family foregoes the rubber band whenever they go to put that game together. They've got like a rubber band on a calf or something. Remember. That's like one of the things, and and as far oh. as for my entire life, for the many many times that I have been anxious and playing Operation, which as a very nervous child is a terrible game, that and Jarts have been setting me up for a lifetime of anxiety. But there's always supposed to be a rubber band in there, and we're always just too lazy to put it in. Mm. Unfamiliar story of my life. You so I- why don't you tell every the great people of the pod? What we're doing today. What we're doing here on well, this day. Today's theme is summer, summer, summertime. Summertime. Summer t- oh. Hmm. I thought I thought we said it was gonna be Donna summertime. Look, no. however you interpret summer is a theme. Oh god. Um, oh, how many god. people how many famous people are named summer? Well, I think it's just the one. Just the one. This week's theme is summer. It is upon us. Oh Can you believe that? Can you believe it's June? And it's busting out all over in the hubs and the jeebas and the weebas and the June. June, 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 June. Oh, the thing that Yo, everybody posts. Everybody. First of June, everybody posts that video. How could you not? How could you not? It's and then when you do, when you, if you watch the follow-up when she explains it and she's just like, that's what happened. I, it's unapologetic. Amazing. I think it was you that actually yeah. played that for me. She was like, yeah, I was drunk. June, <laughs> June, June. The smartest thing anybody ever did was to put captions underneath so you could read along what she was doing. Well, because I like that it starts out with such promise and like, I got it. Here we go. <laughs> and then it's, it's kind of, it's like only to be rivaled, but with the Patti LaBelle, where are my backup singers? I don't know how you. I don't know how you go to a Christmas party without knowing the words if you're invited to sing. Like, 
Because you know what? I came with the cue card. The camera, the cue card. When you anyway. are that good and you are that much of a legend, you don't have time to rehearse things ahead of time. I get it. You don't it. need to. I'm not that good and I'm not that much of a legend. And I'm telling you, the amount of flying by the seat of my pants I do for any live show or not live show, because let me tell you what, Zoom shows in quarantine, I did a next level Zoom show. I like to call it the Blair Witch Zoom show. Because I don't know what the setting was on this, but not only could you not hear the audience, you couldn't see them. So the only thing that you had to gauge on anything was a chat in the right-hand window and people literally writing, ha, 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 ha. That was the feedback that, that you got. That's terrifying. And like... All people above the age of 70, when I stop, stop chatting, ha, 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 with me, I see you, and I like that you changed your name to tell your mom to do me. You are such a dink. That's such an awesome high school thing to write to somebody. High school or me when I comment on someone's Instagram picture. Same diff. Sure. Same diff. Yeah. Um, so what are some summer things that you had to always... Growing up, wasn't there like, weren't there summer rituals, things that you had to do? Um, Vacations, you places you went? Oh, yeah. We always went to our uh, a house in our house in Delavan, Wisconsin. I always, uh, well, I guess for like five years, I was part of the paper route, but although I was not there for the entire summer um, vacation. You had to work through your summer vacation. Right. And right. you were a paper boy. That's right. Because then I pictured you going on vacation in 1918, and you're that sure. kid with a stick and the wheel that you just hit down the street and say just things like... Just in like, like my... Just in like my, my, my wool knickers, just like, like why, it's really hot out. Well, you're wearing wool. So he fainted, Mary. Come quick, get the doctor and some laudanum. We need some medicated cotton over here. It's 1918. This he's got a pencil boy. on his arm. <laughs> he's got water on the knee. Take care of him. <laughs> there's a strange rubber band in him. What the hell? Wait, there's no rubber band at all. He's lazy. His name is Milton Bradley. <laughs> It's one of the Bradley boys. What if the guy from Operation was built to scale on Milton Bradley? Like, that's what Milton Bradley looked like during an autopsy. And they were like, I have an idea for a game. He's going to think it's amazing. (laughs) Poor dead Milton Bradley. Uh, He sleeps uh, in a pile of money in the afterlife. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What else did I like? Well, I also liked... um, like we had a uh, we had a resort near us called Lake Lawn Lodge, and um, which was that's so dirty dancing. Yes, and it's also uh, this horrible appropriation because their mascot at one point I think his name was Bucky the Indian. Oh, like so we know where we're going. So not good or Bucky or Buckeye or whatever the fuck his name was. Anyway, they replaced him, but still, like there's like an Indian um, burial mound somewhere around there. So it's all like a little suspect of like what's happening. Oh. <laughs> like, what, what exactly, what did we do here? But we would always break in and we would like smoke cigarettes, steal sodas and like play video games in like the arcade room. That would be my summer for decades. Oh, that sounds good. Classic arcade. Yeah. yeah. 
decades. What am I talking about? Probably like 10 years. <laughs> Just one, one decade. How old are you? Christ. <laughs> how trapped in time. I remember when I built this place. You know what's going to be heartbreaking to me this summer? Is if there's certain things that you can't go to, like, you know, skee-ball, that kind of stuff. There's a place in Massachusetts called Kimball Farms. And they have all this crazy, like there's a petting zoo, which don't get me near a goat in the dead of July. Oh, the smell of that. Nobody likes a petting zoo on a cold day, much less a hot, hot, disgusting petting zoo. Um, But yeah. Because they never call you the next day. They net Well, says you. Speak for yourself, (laughs) queen. That is not my baby. Now get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Dad jokes. Mom and dad are fun on this vacation. (laughs) (laughs) He fed me right out of his hand, Marie. Right out of his hand. (laughs) All right. So it's summer. We have articles. Summer-related articles. Things about summer. What? Wait. Did you you did you finish after ski ball? Was that a was that a complete story? Well, like those like Kimball Farms is the kind of place you go and you get like a an ice cream and of course it's America so you ask for like a kitty size and it's it's got like five scoops sitting on top of a a massive <laughs> waffle cone that like it takes three people to haul out and put in front of you. <laughs> That's so America. It really is. Even the kitty scoops of things which look, I have to have ice cream every summer and specifically I have to have ice cream from this place called the Tumble Down Farms in New Hampshire and I have to have toasted coconut. These are the the boxes that I have to tick. That sounds good. It's so good. But that sounds really good. I'm a very nervous person. So of course I always get the kitty size. And even that is it's debatable. Too much. Yeah. Too much. It's a lot. It's a lot of ice cream. I just gotta get a soft serve every year too. I like a rocket pop. It was either the rocket pop or what the screwball. Is that have the, the gumball in the bottom? The hardest gumball in existence <laughs> that uh, you chip all of your teeth because it is whoever can what ass you know this is, someone someone who worked for like good humor was like hey Tom we need some ideas for some kids ice cream I hate kids have it on my desk by noon and he's like I'll give him something how about a frozen how about a frozen uh, marble a marble some. <laughs> A frozen marble at the end of some kind of frozen treat. They were like, the sweet and the salty, the good and the bad. I fucking hate these kids. And then, like, my, my, my friend's a dentist. Anyway, like, yeah, that. It that was, is just. It was as if I created an ice cream. And I was like, well, how, kids, what do we do with kids? I don't know. I wonder if that guy's first pitch was like a razor blade at the bottom of a cone. Hey, Tom, um, this idea for staples. Uh, I don't think we can put that in there. How about razor blades? No. How about a how about an exploding paintball? No, Tom. It's children. Something nice. How about uh, how about a nail gun? No, Tom. Maybe. Uh, do you need a do you need a drink or something? You want to relax? No, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just can we just get a soft serve with ground glass on top? No, Tom. Okay, I'm gonna hide it. I'm gonna take this marble. I'm gonna put it in the bottom of a cone. I'm gonna hide it with delicious ice cream. When those kids get down there, they're gonna think it's a treat, and then they're gonna annihilate the whole left side of their molars. Oh, just. I have a great idea. It's called the ice hand grenade. You give it to them. The kids walk away from the truck and explode. Tom, no. 
How can I cause the most damage but stay under the radar? I wonder if like that was the template for a gobstopper. After that, someone was like, here's a good idea. Let's give kids something they can suck and suck and suck until it gets smaller and could potentially be lodged in their windpipe. So the gobstopper was made by one company and the other one was the jawbreaker. And the jawbreaker was the, I want to say that was the, it was the smaller one. Do you remember? Yes. The, the jawbreakers were in like the long box. Could we get away with naming something jawbreaker now? Something that is so painful. Have you ever seen the movie Jawbreaker? No. Is it with a, Rose like, with Rose McGowan? Oh. Um, it's like one of those like teen thrillers. You know, she's forty five. She's got tits up to her eyes, and she's going to school. I've never like I don't understand these these movies. Parts probably because they went to an all boys high school. But I'm like. If a girl came to school dressed like Marilyn Monroe, giving like the happy birthday, Mr. President, I think someone would be like, no, no, I don't understand that. Like, I don't. <laughs> this is not to code. It doesn't seem like it's safe. Data Von Tate, we're not, we can't, you can't come to class like that. Oh it's my God. Bit, what do you mean? Junior high Data Von <laughs> <laughs> That's two nipple clamps and a tampon. That is not to dress code. Thank you. But go home and tell your mom. That's great. Crotchless panties. Uh, it's not what we asked for, but hey, if it's part of the uniform, so be it. Dana! All right, let's get into it, shall we? All right. Yeah. It's been a minute. So this week's theme, summertime. We are looking for summertime some, some, Summertime, some, some, summertime, summertime. What a country, what a country. That was something I had to do when I was a kid. Had to go to water country. I love a good water park. Well, I did before they turned into stews. All right. <laughs> so here we are. Let me read an article. Yes, please for do. today's topic, which is summer. 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 Jones. Summer. Okay. This is from, oh, the Okama News leader, Okama, Oklahoma. July 16th, 1963, which is the, my birthday. That's not a real place. That's not a real place. O-K-E-M-A-H. Maybe I'm not pronouncing it correctly. I'm still judging it. Okay. Okay. So Pokemon. Oh, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) So. Dear Abby, summer is here and so are the parasites who flock to our summer cottage and vacation at our expense in the name of friendship. Last summer, I worked 16 hours a day, cooking and cleaning for three solid months. No time off, either. Sunday was our busiest day. I'm not young anymore, and I can't take much more of this. Must we sell our lovely summer cottage and give up our own pleasure because, our, our, uh, because of other people taking advantage of us? I should add, my husband is the type who always says, Come to the cottage! What does he care? He sits on the boat all day. Signed. Almost dead. Dear almost, your problem is your husband, not your friends. To some people, come to the cottage is a guilt-edged invitation. When your husband quits inviting people, you'll have privacy, and those who come uninvited should be told, tsk, we're all filled up. It's true. You are. Hmm. So he's just willy-nilly saying, yeah, come on over. And everybody is taking him up on it. And the mother is making all the food and cleaning up after all the people. Correct. As somebody who hates people, 
I am in that woman's corner. <laughs> I would, uh, I don't invite people. I don't, I normally don't say things like, call me if I don't mean it. Or like, let's get lunch soon. I never say it if I don't mean it. And if I had a lake house and I said, come to my lake house, I more than likely want you to be there. Um, I would never just like throw out an invitation because if you have a lake house and that is thrown out to anybody, you better believe that everyone's going to take you up on it. Absolutely. So you can't willy nilly just be throwing out the invites, you know? It's like when people are like, I have a car. You can borrow my car anytime. Really? Okay. (gasps) Hey, can I borrow your car? Well, no. I will never understand that. I would be, well, I wouldn't need to write in for advice on that. Tell your husband, like, stop doing that. Stop it. And be very specific about the people that you want to invite into your space. I thought this before the pandemic, but now, whoa. Well, I think it's kind of funny. Again, it's like one of these, like, when you read some of these articles where you're like, I I think there's a bigger problem here. If you have to write into a total stranger, you know, pen to paper and wait a couple months for this thing to get back to you, then you probably have a communication problem within your marriage. And at that point, your house is closed up for the season. Right. And at that point, you have, um, like, put staples in everyone's ice cream. You're like, enjoy dessert. I'm going to the dance. Who wants a dangerous marble in the bottom of their ice cream? Oh, me, me, please. I want to whatever potentially you guys, choke. Whatever you guys do, I'm going to leave the house for an hour and a half. Just don't turn off the stove, okay? <laughs> That's like, I was uh, I was invited to Kathy Rigby's house for Christmas Eve. There's a, there's a fun Dang. sentence, you know? <laughs> so I'm invited to Kathy Rigby's house Christmas Eve. And we're like, sure. oh my God, we're going to Kathy Rigby's house Christmas Eve. I mean, she was she was not my generation, but she was the Mary Lou Retton of, of my mother's generation. And uh, we got there and she was like, all right, so there's a lasagna in the oven. We're going to go to our grandmother's house and we'll see you later. So she left a bunch of jackassy 20-somethings in her house alone with a lasagna on Christmas Eve. And good luck to you. We ended up going through her videos and finding infomercials, her infomercials, like a whole selection. And we just watched like an hour's worth of her selling um, <laughs> selling a vacuum cleaner. What, did, what was her sport? Gymnastics. I guess that makes sense. Hence Mary Lou and she, Hence, yes. And yes. she was a uh, Peter Pan, correct? Of course. Yeah. But weren't yeah. we all... What's your article? I I have a couple good ones. Let's see. Which one do I? The Salt Lake Tribune, Salt Lake City, Utah, March 4th, 1961. A Saturday. This is called Summer Camp Cook Winds Up in Stew. Dear Ann Landers, Last summer, my husband, who was in his early 30s, was a cook at a very fashionable girls' camp. He didn't encourage my visits, because he said he was too busy and couldn't show me a very good time. Towards the end of the summer, I stopped going up there. A few days ago, I found a letter in his coat pocket. I wasn't snooping, Anne. I was sending the coat to be cleaned. When I saw, Dearest Loverdoll, naturally, I read further. The letter left no room for imagination. The girl was a counselor at that camp, and she said, I can't wait for summer so we can be together again locked in heavenly embrace. 
Shall I write to the camp authorities and tell them not to hire him next year? And why? Please advise me. I'm very upset. Signed, Fooled. Dear Fooled, don't write to the camp authorities. You must be loyal to him even though he was not loyal to you. Show your husband the letter. The combination of the shock and shame may be enough to straighten him out. If he should make any mention of returning to that camp job, tell him you won't permit it. That young girls must be protected against men like him. Jeffrey Epstein. 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 Don't, don't call the camp. Don't call the camp is what she says. Don't, don't. You must be loyal to him even though he's not loyal to you is what she says. Anne. Oh, Anne. No. No. Mark. In his 30s, in like a camp with a bunch of teenagers. Lolita camp. It's exactly, it's an Epstein scenario. I know. Right now, I see, here's the good thing about Zoom. I can see your brain working to try to find the funny in this. And I'm going to go along for the ride. (laughs) It's like, she's like like that old, you know, her advice is the old school advice. Like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But your husband is keeping all the hookers in town in like fur coats. It's everything is fine. Stand by. Everything's fine. Stand. But just just confront him just a little, just a little bit. Just tell him that you know what's what. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Like that's okay. I got this wonderful diamond ring out of it. Mm, Oh, very Sopranos. I'm going back and I'm watching all the old episodes of Sopranos, and you're like, oh, Carmela. (laughs) As much as you're like, oh, I loved, you You love them, and they're all completely fugged up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, completely. Did you go to like, summer camp? Did you no, actually go I to like, a sleepaway? Did you? No. No, I asked to go, and I was told no. So, which is strange, because I'm like, what, like, what are you, what do you, you got to lose? Me? Yeah. What do you yeah. mean, like, it was one of those camps that you go, and, and they're like, goodbye, we'll see you in September. Or I think it was like five weeks or six weeks or something. Oh, my God. Anyway. I, I never did that. I did go. I was a camp counselor. Oh. I know. Fun fact. But it was for. What, Hot American Summer? Well, it was. I wish it were that sexy. I wish I were ever that sexy. You know what the kind of sexy I am is when Elizabeth banks is eating that burger and she's got like ketchup all over her face and she wants to make out with paul rudd like that's my kind of sexy there was but the camp that i went to was local i never went away to camp so you go to like camp for the day and it was it was called adventure camp and when i think back of some of the stuff that they had us do the fact that a we're still alive and b they weren't arrested or shut down is beyond me. They're like, all right, we're going to do some alligator wrestling today, you guys. Hey, hey, there's a snapping turtle that lives underneath that dock. One of you has to dive down and retrieve it. They were like dangerous things they had us doing. We had to do, we had to walk across a log that was suspended between two trees easily 30, 40 feet up in the air. And... The only person that you had supporting you, like, because you were all, you know, you were on belay and whatever. You had your your climbing gear on. But the person who's supporting you on the ground is just a heavy teenager. That's all. Like, whoever was heavier than you (laughs) stood on the ground 
and had to make sure you did not plummet to your death. I was like in the irresponsible hands of a 16-year-old complete stoner. And nobody batted an eye. They're like, I got this. And there's, there's a picture of me on the front page of, of some newspaper that was I was descending from the tree. So I was like falling backwards. And then there was a kid on the ground that was holding me with the rope. And the two of us are just smiling. I have got to find this. My mother has it somewhere. But it, it's a very good picture. Gonna, I thought you were going to tell me. It's like, so it's just like uh, these dangerous things that we were, um, we were rewiring the Civic Center. None of us knew how to, you know, <laughs> no one knew anything about electrical wiring. We were running the new HVAC system at uh, the old person's Yeah, home. we had to chop down some trees in other people's yards, so they had me on the top of that thing with a chainsaw, which I'd never used before, but they were like, all in the spirit of summer camp, and do for you, and yeah, you're nothing Timmy and Tommy were in, Timmy and Tommy were in charge of the open-heart surgery this summer at the, uh, at the local village camp. <laughs> Real challenges. Uh, <laughs> we, we never... Uh, we always seem to lose the patient, but you know what? It's learning is learning. What did you do in camp today, dear? Learned how to give dialysis. <laughs> Taxes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess it'll come in handy later. <laughs> Learned how to put together an, an engine for a motorboat. I, I don't know. I lost a hand. Oh, you'll get over it. <sighs> Suck it so up. So what, what else did you do today? We were following Mr. Smith's wife because he suspected her of cheating on him with his neighbor. So we did surveillance on the roof and at her work and at his work. What? Oh, okay. I'm working for the feds. Wow. Where do we transition from there except for the ultimate (laughs) transition to another article? All right. Gimme, gimme. This is from the Longview News Journal, Longview, Texas, June 4th, 1993. Dear Abby, with summer vacation approaching, I'm compelled to relate our story to your readers. My daughter, her husband, and their three small children drove to another state to attend a a wedding and visit relatives. On their trip, they stopped at a reputable hotel to spend the night. The following morning, just as they were packing to leave, the four-year-old very excitedly said, Look, Dad, I found a balloon. Then he put it in his mouth and proceeded to blow it up. This so-called balloon was a used condom left on, the, left on the floor near the commode by a previous occupant. For the next three months, the sweet little boy must get hepatitis shots and must be tested periodically for HIV-positive blood. The prospective travelers, I beg you, don't take for granted that your room will be clean and safe for your little ones. Check it out very carefully. To the motel cleaning staff, please clean and sanitize each room as, as though your family will be the next occupant. To the previous guest of that motel, if you had enough sense to use a condom, why did your good sense stop there? <laughs> Proper disposal of condoms would have eliminated the mental anguish your, our family's going through. Oh, that's good. Is this my family? Because it sounds like something that would totally happen to me. I'd be that kid that was like, oh, look, a balloon. I learned this in adventure camp today. Look, a duck. <laughs> I just start twisting it. Oh, a dog. Um, number one, mistake is having children. Number two, um, I'm I'm assuming that this is a grandparent relaying the story, correct? Yes. So 
I think what is probably important here is that the cleaning staff probably did do the job and what they're not relaying is that this used condom was actually the mom and dad. No, but they want to blame what a it on leap. someone else. Wait, did you give the answer to that? Did oh, you, she, give me Abby's answer. Dear Grandma, on behalf of my readers, I want to thank you for your story and sharing it with all of us. That you are fun. an American hero, Grandma. I want to yeah. thank you for this warning. That's an interesting leap you that, that you took. Well, I mean, like, <clears throat> so how was your trip? It was okay. Well, I heard from little Timmy that, you know, he swallowed a balloon. Oh, right. R- right. He did. But um, it wasn't a balloon. That's what he said. He said it was a, he swallowed a condom. How did that happen? Oh, probably it was dirty from the, the I mean, because it's, they do it on the last day. So let me get this straight. You are vacationing. You're in a, you're in a bathroom. Uh-huh. And it's not like you're in Mar-a-Lago and the bathroom is like four football fields long. Oh, there's you're probably way more condoms in Mar-a-Lago. Right. You yeah. can choke on something else other than that condom. <laughs> so you, what you're saying is that you've gone to the bathroom now, probably three, let's say a minimum of two days, and you have not seen a used condom anywhere until your last day when you're leaving. Let me just tell you this. When I was with you traveling, and I've stayed in many places. You swallowed a condom. I have seen a... I'm very like aware of what is wrong. I noticed like my my the ceiling in my bathroom was leaking. I haven't even used the bathroom yet. Um, I realized that the lighting was not right. I realized that there was four different types of light bulbs. So you're telling me on the fourth day of your vacation, you have found a used condom in your kid's mouth that you haven't seen three days earlier. I call shenanigans. Um, Something's not right. Wow. Your powers of deductive reasoning are so persuasive. You're like the creepy Alan Dershowitz to everybody's <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Um, speaking as somebody who is, what was Felix the, the type A guy and Oscar was the mess? I'm Oscar. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Oscar. So speaking on behalf of the messes of the world, I would just be clueless enough to not see a condom on a bathroom floor, maybe hiding behind a, a trash can. I wouldn't like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not looking that hard. And I wish that I were better about this. Oh my God. I thought my screen was frozen for a minute, but you're just sitting there in shock. I'm sorry. Your mouth I is just, open. I'm sorry. We I don't just, share a hotel room, you and I. So. I just don't. Like don't you, because like the the bathroom is like the, that's where they spend the most amount of time cleaning, right? Because that's where all the messes happen. There's people fucking in the shower. There's people going to the bathroom. There's people doing whatever, shaving or whatever. So the the bathroom is, you know, it's kind of like once? when you have a house. Like if you have a housekeeper, she comes in. You know, like the main things to pay attention to is bathrooms and the kitchen because they're the messiest places. Uh-huh. So she and also like the other furniture in a hotel room. Probably isn't moved. Looks exactly the same as it was before. There's nothing wrong with it. She runs the vacuum for five minutes. She spends an hour in the bathroom. So she has been in this bathroom. Unless she's Jennifer Lopez in Made Manhattan, who spends five out five minutes of the entire day cleaning because she's in the central in Central Park with what's his name with bronzer on and some stolen outfit trying to you know get busy on the side. I don't. I don't. I don't believe this story. I don't. Something's fishy. Uh, you had to say fishy. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, 
You got to you got to set down the nitro cold brew and let's go back for a second. Here's my only hole in your argument. Okay. What parents are having sexy sexy time when they're on vacation with their kids? Period. A, B, they're all sharing a room together. Ew. No. I don't think they were doing it with their kids along for the ride. This isn't National Lampoon's vacation in real life. You know, it's not like how it's you, Beverly D'Angelo and they have a separate room and and you know that and they put the the coin in the bed that shakes too much. <laughs> I can't imagine. I disagree with you. This is probably like some kind of like Ryan O'Neill story where he does have sex in front of Tatum. And he does just throw the condom haphazardly in the bathroom. What if they just went out and flung it at the kid? And that's what's missing from the story. Now go get me a cracker. (laughs) Or there's drug mealing, which is an option. I would scream laughing. That's the worst part. My first reaction would, yes, probably be to slap the thing out of his head. But then you would have to resuscitate me. I'd be laughing so hard after that. Get that out of your filthy fucking mouth. Yes, the mouth is what's disgusting, not the condom. (laughs) Animal. All right, I got one more article for you. Let's clean ourselves off right now and and dive in. I've got a different hole to dive into. This is from the Vancouver Sun, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, June 8th, 1957. Summer dress cools library. Dear Ann Landers, oh, it'll make sense soon enough. Dear Ann Landers, every summer we have a problem with the staff at the library where I'm employed. The annual riot results in the library, oh, wait, sorry. The annual riot results because library heads dictate what we should wear to work. Their theory is modern dress is immodest and modest and tantalizing, and the men can't keep their minds on the reading. If we wear a simple scoop-neck dress, we are asked to go put on a sweater. A summer cotton with low back is absolutely out of the question, even though the front may be high enough to turn a face blue. What, please, is vulgar about the skin on one's back? We have no ventilation or cooling system, only a few ineffective fans. Apparel, which is indecent for us, is okay in banks, offices, and department stores. We don't want to wear bathing suits or grass skirts, Anne. We just we just don't wish to bundle up in turtleneck sweaters all summer. Please suggest something. Signed, Wilted Workers. And here's her answer. She didn't even say, dear Wilted, nothing. She just goes in. There must be a happy medium somewhere between the naked back and the turtleneck sweater. I suggest the wilted workers sit down with the library heads and decide where comfort and modesty end and teasing and teasing the readers begins. Why not invite a local buyer of ladies' clothes to mediate this battle? Also, it might be wise to include the finance committee and discuss 20th century methods of fighting the Fahrenheit. Wow, she's calling in all the big guns. Like any library is going to be like, you know what, you guys, let's get everybody together. I want to get the heads of state. I need to get the mayor in here. We need to get Emily Post. She can talk about what's appropriate. I wonder if the reason that they wanted them to maintain that kind of decorum is they were like, eventually, most porns will be based on librarians. So we need for you to keep consistent with your costuming. Cardigans, sweaters, up to the neck. 
they you couldn't expose your back, but you could like so. But even scoop neck, she said, was out of the question. It's a skin issue. Neck. So like they want you to dress like you're in the TV show Unorthodox. <laughs> Button it up. The least <clears throat> amount of skin you show, the better. And I like how also in this time it's the woman's fault. <laughs> They were like, we, no, well, sure. you're, you are tantalizing the readers. Mm-hmm. And by the way, right. I said library, and, and I glossed over one of the R's a little bit, and I almost said library, and I, I just want to apologize on behalf of anybody listening. That is never my intention to say library, ever. Thank you. It's animals. It's, that's reserved for people who eat condoms. That's disgusting. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I just had one. Um, <laughs> with your cold brew. <laughs> with my cold brew. Um, that I don't understand. I do have worked in like a, uh, you know, like a normal building, tons of people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of people that it could be 106 degrees outside. For some reason, the building is like negative 106. So you walk into the building. Like it's hot outside, and then by the end of the day, you have like you're like wrapped up in a. You're like Whitney Houston. You're like you have a turtleneck on, you have a fur hat on, you have a fur coat on, you've got UGGs, and and you're singing in the middle of a field while you're straddling a chair. Um, Right, you're singing to Kevin Costner. Okay, right. It is fucking freezing, and you kind of laugh at people because it's like you know some of us who go in and out like all day, but the person that has to sit at her desk all day long gets increasingly colder. Like, it starts out like, it's like, hey, Karen, how are you? Great. It's a little cold in here, right? Just one sweater. You go, get a, anyone want a coffee? No, I'm fine. You come back, hey, Karen. She's got, like, a hat. Like, an hour later, like, hey, Karen. Like, it, it, by the end of the day, it has progressed to that. She's, like, has, a, like, a wood-burning stove next to her desk. Mm-hmm. She's got yeah. a heater on. Yeah, She's making soup yeah. out of a can. It's... But these are libraries from, like, the 60s. They did not have this kind of air conditioning. In fact, it was, like, the opposite. Like, they maybe had one sad little box fan from your local hardware store sitting in a corner somewhere blowing the hot air back at you. So now they're, like, forced to wear sweater sets and woolens. And, and frankly, like, who's in there doing this kind of intense reading where you're staring that, well, I don't know. Again, so much librarian porn has really been a lot of inspiration to that whole industry. So. Well, if it's so fucking hot in there, why, why is anybody in there? They have to do their work. Remember libraries? I mean, no. I don't. Oh, I do. And the smell of them. And they all pretty much smell the same if they're still standing. I, I think there was only two, three libraries I think I've ever been at. One, the Oak Park Public Library, which I've never liked. Two, the giant library at Indiana University campus. And three, the tiny library in De Pere, Wisconsin at St. Norbert College. I've That's been to it. De Pere. How random. I, I performed for the good people of De Pere, Wisconsin, because my career was going well before this pandemic, and I am screwed in six months. Screwed, I tell you. Uh, You'll have, be just fine. But do you remember any sexy librarians? Were you ever really concerned? I mean, I know I'm talking to the wrong person here. 
uh, I was never concerned. Um, because like, I feel like, and I hate to offend anybody in Oak Park, but the librarians at that time were more of like the, you know, I crocheted this myself. Yeah, type. exactly. Everything is needle you know, pointed. Like, that's on my body right now. Like I, um, I'm not upset at my gray hair. I celebrate it. That's not what I'm talking. No one, no. Mm-mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, great, celebrate it. Celebrate it with a deep conditioner, like with a leave-in <laughs> conditioner. How about that? Then an oil treatment. Yeah, I'm not asking you to wear makeup, but would it hurt you? Would it kill you to put on like just a like, gloss? Uh, like a yeah, something like a simple like uh, like a tinted uh, Burt's Bees. Would it kill you? Think not. Think a not. Just don't look like a dead body. Burt's Bees. Uh, but yeah. you know, actually, who was a good person to ask about libraries because, oh, ladies and gentlemen, she has a library card and she knows how to use it. She knows how to use it. It's uh, time. Uh, it is time. Give me that. Give me. Give me the ticket tape, will you? It's time. It's time to call my mother and find out if she was a sexy librarian. And find out if sexy librarians still exist. Oh, don't you ever rub your nipples again and stare me in the face on a Zoom. Do you understand me? Can't hear you. Hello? Well, hello. How are you, ma'am? You got me, because, like, I'm sitting in a parking lot up in New Hampshire. (laughs) We just came down from Conway and did a little shopping. I bought a pair of shoes and... Crocs. Now we're at... We just... uh, We're at Hannaford's. (laughs) But... We're on our way to Wontons, which is a Chinese restaurant on Route 16. And other than that, uh, it's a pretty sunny, quiet day. You came out of the gate swinging, didn't did. you? Well, that wraps it up. Jesus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Moth Report. Thank you very much. That's all you Thanks need. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the last episode of Dear Bob. Who put Hi, a Daddy. nickel in you? Uh, Yes, so Patty is here with me. He and I are looking at each other on Zoom uncomfortably, but we're talking to you on an old-timey telephone. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, It's kind of chilly, so I'm dressed like winter. It's, like, been been crazy. We went from 90 degrees to 50. So, but other than that, the sun is out, so my mood is elevated, and... uh, uh, we just went up, uh, I just took a ride with Billy and Lillian up to Conway to check out the outlets and, uh, you did a little shopping oh. and things are starting to bounce back up here. Could you go good. in the, sh- in the stores? You can physically go in? Yes, you can. <gasps> uh, yes. You have to have a mask and then when you check out, you have to stand on the X. I've had enough of this. Oh, uh, God. but other than that, you know, I think that will diminish as time goes on. But you right have now, to dress modestly. You have to have a high neck <laughs> collared shirt. That's that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. Hey, well, I have uh, a question for you because we yeah. just came out of an article that that's really specific. Uh, you you have a library card. You you enjoy your library time, don't you? I do. Uh, it just actually just started recently within the past couple of years. I'm like 70 years old. <laughs> I had a high school library card, but that was a long time ago. And but you, but you were you went there in the '60s every now and then. Did you ever see a sexy librarian? Never in my life. See, <laughs> I won't even go into further description, but uh, I don't know where they get them. They must be a pool of them or something somewhere. 
and they when they need a librarian they dip in but uh <laughs> look there's no, an I article there's an article about the fact that they've been forced to wear clothes that that are like high necked and and you know not summer wear basically oh well you know i was even thinking of trying to get a little part-time job at the library <gasps> i could wear my low-cut v-neck t-shirt no you can't um, you tramp <laughs> wow yes, i could that would be fun General although i don't know if i could interact properly with the librarians i i don't know how that would work i don't think they have a good sense of humor I don't think they do oh, either. No. You know, it's always, they're always going, Shh, you know. <laughs> oh if you make too much noise, you're in trouble, you know. Uh, well, that's but, the whole point of the library. They are just arbiters of the library. That's right. That's right. I mean, not to knock all librarians. I, I'm sure they're Oh, my God. If we got librarian hate mail, that would be everything, <laughs> wouldn't it, Patty? Yes. And it's very possible. <laughs> so I would cool your jets if I were you uh, on the librarians. Oh, oh, well, look, you could be working with them. So we don't want to malign a librarian. That's right. That's right. They're doing the <laughs> Lord's work, they are. Yes. But anyway, I, I now it's all different. I can, I'm taking books out online during this quarantine. Um, <laughs> and I can, I can read them online. And that's been a good thing. She rhymed so, online with quarantine. You've clearly been yes. listening to this podcast. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Very proud. So yeah. it's it's but it's chilly where you are. Um Yes it is. Are you excited for the summer? What I the totally hell was that? Am. Do you hear that? Are you is there something in your car? I'm in a car. I'm in Billy's car, actually. He just started it up and the, and the little thing started ringing. Oh, so <laughs> you are you wearing you your seatbelt? Uh yeah, I am. Uh, but it, you know, he's not. <laughs> this is what happens. They don't yes. believe in seat belts. Uh huh. They, they being anybody over no, the age do. of sixty. Wait, Patty, no, you wanted to I say something. You. Your mouth is poised. Give it, give it to her. Do you want to lecture? Put on the fucking seat belt. Put on the seat belt. <laughs> yes, I will. What? <laughs> was there an adjective in there? There sure nope. was. You're gonna Jen yeah. Mansfield yourself. Put on the seatbelt. Look, oh, you have to treat a, her with respect. She's that? she's America's future librarian. Yes, that's right. How can I do my work? Wait, what's the Jane Mansfield? Yeah. Oh God, Patty can explain that to you. Whoa, that was pretty bad. Mariska Hargitay's yeah. mother. She's decapitated. That's why the um, now truck because I think it was because of her. That's why trucks have that T-bar hanging in the back of their yes. Back so of the truck. that's right. That's Excuse right. Because, because before your your car, the car could slide underneath the truck, and that's what happened to a car. Yes, as a matter of fact, yes, that's true. <laughs> Marissa, how did his mother? I, 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 <laughs> that is yes, true. That did, and every time I trivial. pull up behind the truck, I see that little T-bar. Again, and, this and is a comedy have, advice yeah. podcast. <laughs> We like to make it worth your while to tune in. Wow, you learned yeah. something new. I just learned that Mariska Hargitay, Jane Mansfield, is her mother. I didn't oh. know. First of all, I just realized that you're my mother because you mispronounced Mariska Hargitay's <laughs> oh, name. <no. laughs> I was not aware of that. 
Well, we have clearly gone off the rails here. Um, totally. I want to thank you for a good illuminating moth report. We've learned about Jane Mansfield. We learned that you could potentially be a sexy librarian. And I look forward Go figure. To, yes. to seeing you work. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure Marion. I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> we'll see how it works out. That depends if I can. Uh, I don't think I could be on my feet that long. <laughs> Uh, everything so I just hurts. Talk myself out of it. Thank you for. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Okay, for, uh, Patty. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> wear your seatbelt. Go get yourself a job. I will. Okay. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for this moth okay, report. Okay. Bye bye. Bye, Patty. Bye, okay. Jim. Bye, bye Aaron. Bye. bye. Talk soon. Bye bye. Uh. I got to love you at the end. She was like, I got to make it be- Love you. Love you, everybody. Got it. I feel like she just had like a glass of, of rosé and was like, let's get honest. Or white Zinfandel. That's what, that's what they drink in my family. Every summer, we would, we would like, I, I grew up in a family that like the summer drink was a pint glass filled with ice and Sutter Home white Zinfandel. And you had a port wine cheese ball that was covered in nuts, and you, you smeared it on a trisket. And that Oof. is summer, ladies and gents. And that is hard to digest. It is. And I'm still digesting it to this day, which is why 25 inches of my lower intestine is becoming necroptic. Necrotic? I don't know. Neurotic? Perhaps. Hargate, hargate. Hargate, hargate. It's hard to say, hargate. It's hard to say, Jean Wow. Say well, you, say what you need to hug it, say. <laughs> Look, we we have deep dived, deep divin, deep dove on Mariska Hargitay's Hargitay and her mother Jane Mansfield and my mother becoming a librarian. And and I think that I want I want to give out some wisdom to other people. So what do you say? It's time. For listen to mail, not Instagram mail. This is listen to mail. So every week, now here's the thing. Every week on Dear Pod Official on Instagram, we put out there that we want your advice questions. And we've gotten a lot of porn suggestions and follower options and bots that are trying to sell us things and a lot of Russian things. So if I could translate them, I'm sure, just like uh, Denir from Palestine, the guy who was trying to chat with us on the stream yard, who kept saying, well, I don't know what you're saying. Where was he from? Indonesia. Yes. Denir. Denir is a new follower of ours. Shout out to Denir. Maybe he's a new shut in shout out. He wanted us to translate. Denir, far, wherever you are in Indonesia. You wanted us to translate into Indonesian in real time, and and we can barely speak English. So good luck to that. But he wrote English better than most English speaking people. So shout out to him. But um, yes, it's we've gotten a lot of crap on the interwebs. But if you're if you can and you're following, ask us an advice question when you see it pop up on our story at Dear Pod Official, or email us classic email, which is what we got today. DearPodOfficial at gmail.com. So why don't you kick us off? We are now going to give some wisdom out to other people. All right. Right. Ladies and gentlemen of the pod. (laughs) (laughs) I miss that so much. (laughs) The first question is, 
keeping them with the summer theme. Beer Pod, why is summer the most overrated season of the year? Signed, Sean in Chicago. Hmm. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know that. You didn't know it was the most okay. overrated season? No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't but say that it's... either, but let's see what you've got, what, what Abby's got to say about it. Dear Sean, according to a recent poll, spring is actually the favorite of all seasons. Fall is the clear winner as it is home to some incredible holiday traditions, along with the trappings of pumpkin spice flavored everything from coffee to enemas. But in this columnist's view, summer is the big winner. Summer is the only time of year where there are 0.0 obligations. No mandated dinners, no forced celebrations of the Magi rising from the tomb or celebrating the raping and pillaging of a land that was found and claimed as their own. Summer is a celebration of the freeing of all the obligations from the entire year. No gifts, no guilt, just fun in the sun. And you know what? Fireworks. Basically a free show. So unless you're like crowding into an overcrowded home with thick wool sweaters and fuming to the eyelids because you're at yet another obligated family event in which you probably brought the wrong gift or completely forgot and Edna's gift altogether, summer is the favorite of the season's brew. She is fun. She is done. She is easy breezy with a tan and a cocktail in hand. She requires very little maintenance. She is your sun romance. You're, in, you're invited third. She is windows down and bra off. She's not overrated. She's not rated at all because Summer doesn't care about rating. She just cares about zero tan lines. Abby. I'm Summer Ray. I don't care about ratings. Mm. She's that. Care. She's floppy hat girl in... In a car in Malibu, hobo bag over her forearm, free people, I, crochet bra. I actually have something for you, and I forgot to send it to you. Oh, please do. What is that? Oh, my God. The white girl at a winery starter pack. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold it back up again. Let me see. It's a, there's a Whole Foods tote bag, a felt hat. Uh, Ray-Ban sunglasses, those, oh, I hate those. I can't even say, what's the S word where they're wearing those, the shoes? What would you call those shoes? The espadrilles? Oh, they're not uh... espadrilles. I wear espadrilles. Espadrilles cover your disgusting feet. Oh, I don't know what these are then. I don't know. They're like gladiator. I hate the word sandals. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I, I hate that word so much. Oh, sandals. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been trying to prompt you to say that word because I didn't want to say it myself. Candle. But this, this, hard to take. It's just hard to take to say for me, you know? That is, that is wonderful. I do do not believe summer is overrated, but here is what Anne has to say about it. All right. Dear Sean in Chicago, it's overrated depending on who you ask. Talk to the parents who ship their kids to sleepaway camps and say, see you on Labor Day, and I'm pretty sure they'll say summer is underrated. Ask someone like my Jules, whose delicate, wafer-thin skin turns to fire the second the temperature gauge crests 76 and comes off in sheets thicker than your thousand-thread-count Egyptian cotton for weeks after, and they'll say summer is not for them. Seriously, every July is like a taffy pull, but it's sickeningly satisfying. Thanks to global warming, we only really have two seasons now, summer and winter. The temperature is either blazing hot like my rage or icy cold like my heart. Seems like there's no happy medium. 
But in all, I would rather have to cool off than warm up. When your blood pressure is 70 over 40, you can freeze in 90-degree heat. Break this down simply. Are outdoor activities and fresh air overrated? Are barbecues with pals where you grill every meat you can find overrated? Are longer days, vitamin D, beach bonfires, in-season berries, 10 a.m. mango white claws, excuses to wear caftans, getting caught in hammocks, green chlorine hair, misplaced sunblock tattoos, Dairy Queen dips and questionable life choices made while sucking down pina coladas and throwing up in your hair after hooking up with some guy at space camp while Taylor Swift's inevitable song of summer plays overrated? I think not! If you overlook the sweltering city heat and stink and people's disgusting cloven hooves spilling out over their flip-flops like their serving shrimp cocktail, I think you may find it isn't such an overrated season after all. Hey! City summers are a different beast. They really are. That is true. However, I still like summer. Fourth of July is my favorite holiday. Um... Is that because it's near your birthday? No, because it falls into the, it's no obligation. It's, it's, you don't have to, like, somewhere it's like, come to my party. Like, it's kind of like, it's like an open bar type of invitation. Don't bring any cash. Don't bring any, you don't have to bring any, don't bring a gift. Don't bring anything. Yeah. Just show up and then you can leave. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Summer girl, yeah. Summer girl. I, I will always summer take summer over winter any day of the year. Fall is my favorite, favorite season because I am an autumn. Orlando, you like mm-hmm. it? It's autumn sunrise. Always choose that. But what upsets me is that fall and spring are, are now, remember when like fall and spring used to be three months each? And you would get mm-hmm. a temperate weather. And now we just go like we roll from from. Like it was like snowing two weeks ago, you know, and now it's 90 yeah. degrees and then like there's no happy medium. I want the happy medium, you know. I hear you. I but hear you and I honor you. I, I hear you. I acknowledge you. And I honor you, Patty. Dear Pod, what ideas do you have for celebrating a summer birthday while in quarantine? Signed, Summer May I? Dear Summer May I? Summer is the perfect time for a quarantine birthday. There's so much you can do outdoors while still maintaining social distance. Backyard gatherings, BYO barbecues, running down a hill in a rolling field while Michael Landon looks on from his horse-drawn carriage as you fall face first and get a mouthful of grass. So much fun stuff. Quarantine shouldn't stop the celebrations. You have to know at this point, two and a half months into this mess, that there's a million quirky moms with Pinterest boards on this topic. So, I've taken the liberty of sifting through some crap and distilling it down to some of the best birthday celebration options. One, virtual game night with friends. Jackbox TV and Cards Against Humanity have group play options online. Watch your family try to be witty while figuring out how the damn TV works. Two, virtual trivia. Companies like Trivia Hub Live and Let'sRoam.com will put the whole evening together soup to nuts, which is what you'd have to be to play trivia with your family. Three, yard parties. See your friends live and in person at a yard or a park. They can bring their own stuff and wear masks. Since you don't like most of their faces anyway, it's better to only see their eyes. 
Oh, a social distance walking tour. Just what everyone wants on their birthday. Cardio. Or five, pick up a cake from your local baker and eat it alone in a corner crying. I really support that last one there. I hope this list gets you started. And I hope at this point next year, you'll be celebrating your birthday by passing out in a puddle of your own sick after dinner at a cramped Buca de Beppo. Happy birthday, old person! Bam! Buca de Beppo! I hate family-style dining so much. I just, I do. It, first of all, the plates are too heavy for my delicate wrists, so every time I pick up like a vat of pasta, which I'm going to pass clearly right over me and onto somebody else. Like, it's also like all of my most nightmare foods, all of my emotional triggers are in Buca de Beppo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Breaded and fried. so American. Yeah. It's so American. It's like, it's Sam Michelle. Does anyone want an, another Brontosaurus burger brought to the table? No, we don't. How, how, why are you still making this pasta for this one table? There's I know. No... We should eat a loaf of bread. We should eat a loaf of bread before they even bring us menus. Let's eat the whole goddamn loaf of bread. Here we go. Dear Summer, Summer birthdays are the gifts that keep on giving. People can come and go as they please. These cancer cuties, birthday bashes are relatively drama-free, and usually everyone is relaxed and happy to be anywhere, even at a Hootie and the Blowfish concert, just as long as they're high as a kite and complete with with earplugs. Mm -hmm. With that said, in walks Lady COVID, the one housewife on the cul-de-sac that always shows up to the party looking for a fight, and always messes up the ingredients to her potato salad. She is bringing trouble. That's capital T, and that stands for tits, and that means trouble. Right here on your birthday. <laughs> Share your tables, because she's going to flip. Summer birthdays for adults means distance for sure. But with that comes guilt. People are going to feel bad that you can't have the usual party, so they will shower you with guilt gifts. Take them. There is no downside in using this to your advantage, so lay it on thick. Remember in December when someone said, oh, you're not coming over for Christmas? But you always do. It'll make me so sad. This summer is your years in the making to send your friends and family. I'm at all expense paid. Pack your bags and leave out the lube. Guilt trip. That's right. Hand out the boarding passes. Group A now boarding. We are taking all passengers that have guilted you for not coming to their kids' play, progressive dinners, housewarmings, or worse, a one-year-old's birthday party without alcohol. Start working on your invite text or evite loaded with all the great guilt buzzwords that you can muster up. Bad summer, lonely birthday, COVID sucks, social distancing, all the woe is me of it all. Use this all to your advantage. Sure, you want to see everyone and have a birthday bash, but most importantly, cash in on all that guilt. Happy birthday, cancer baby. Oh, Oh, cancer is the sign. Okay. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that was rough. Tell, every, uh, tell everybody you have cancer. See if they'll show up. Get more Have gifts. Pay your mortgage. Now, you're, you've got a birthday coming up. How are you going to celebrate your summer birthday this year? We're still, we're still exploring our options for the birth celebration. Okay. Not a big year. It's just a normal year. Just a day, just an ordinary day. Are you going to attempt to leave the city? Mm, Only if it's like an hour away or two hours away. Okay. Not flying anywhere. Okay. 
It's a nice escape plan, just like those guys who got on SpaceX shuttle. I'm out of yeah, here. Good plan. I, went, I wanted yeah, to go down but... to Cape Canaveral and 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 just hook like get a little lasso and just put it over the. Yeah, <laughs> take me with you. I regret nothing. Uh, you know what else I don't regret? We're now approaching the end of our journey here with a specialty cocktail, specialty drink. Hop in your shuttle and take off a space. Get this a cocktail. If you're a librarian, unzip your shirt and show us your boobs because you're a sexy librarian. Sexy! Sexy! And I'm going to stain everything with my drink. <laughs> what a weird fall off. <laughs> this, I wish you were here for this. Look, I know that you're, you're teetotaling and all that stuff, and I support you. Not really, but I kind of do from afar. I judge you, but that's sure. fine, too. Now, this cocktail, I, I made a request. To, uh, oh, are you, oh, my God. Are you okay? No, we're fine. You need we're to fine. Rest him? There's a... Just crushing, just crushing things. No, no, stay. I'm horrified. Hold my hand. That drilling that you hear in the background is my jewels because I made a request specifically for this summer episode for a frozen beverage, which we have not, I don't believe, since that one time that we attempted to do a green healthy smoothie and I broke the machine. I broke the blender because I put some some very hard mango in there and it just was like, we're done, we're out, peace. But now we've invested in a Vitamix machine and I say, hey, hey, get me some frozen cocktails. So this week, we are giving you a frozen daiquiri. Discovered in life by Papa Hemingway's favorite illegitimate, James Jules Ferris. Now this has a lot of little bits and pieces. We got one and a half ounces of white rum, a half ounce of maraschino liqueur, Maraschino? Like the... Hargate? Maraschino. Like the cherry. Like the cherry. You got one ounce of fresh grapefruit juice, one and a half ounces simple syrup. Ooh, that's a lot of simple syrup. Oof. One and a half ounces fresh lime juice and a lime schwedge for garnish. It's got to be sweet because it's that like summery vacation cocktail. So you blend all the ingredients with a handful of ice and strain into a special frozen drink glass or into a medium-sized wine glass or hell. You know what? Just strain it right into my mouth at this point. So here's the tasting notes. Get out the blender because the hot weather's here. Mm. Normally, you might wait until that week-long cruise to the Bahamas to to order a frozen cocktail that will set the tone for your entire trip. But who are we kidding? After this virus is gone, there is no way that you are getting any of us back on those floating plague barges. So, let's enjoy the drink that was created oh so long ago in Havana, Cuba. The lime and grapefruit are going to give us that sweet that we need, while the maraschino is going to give us a nice little floral note. Listen, people, take a few extra seconds to use your blender and treat yourself to a little bit of cocktail history. Plus, once you started hearing that ice get beaten to shit in the blender, you really feel like a badass. And those are the tasting notes from my jewels. Oh, look at Patty. You get to see the cocktail come in on the Zoom. Get excited. <gasps> a classic daiquiri. Or as some people might say, daiquiri, which makes me feel very nervous. <laughs> All right, I'm going in. That's, that's daiquiri. It's got a lot of keys in it. Mmm. <laughs> 
Oh my God, that's surprising. Oh, Ooh, it's tart. Oh, it's hitting me in the back of my jaw. Oh, oh, it's sharp. <laughs> it's delicious. It is, um, it's very lime Ricky-ish. It's like a frozen lime Ricky, but with, with rum. So it gives you a little bit more sweet and a little less botanical. Mm. It's a little more tart. And this is based on the classic daiquiri, right? You can add strawberries, blackberries, snozberries. You can add a fruit in there if you want to add a fruit. There's options. You have fruit options. But this is a very good base for whatever other kind of, um, I don't know, if you want some more fruit, if you want some more antimicrobials or whatever. Mm. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> and I'm, I don't know. What makes me healthy? This doesn't make me feel healthy, but still, it makes me feel like it makes me feel like in a in a week or so we're gonna inflate that pool. Ooh. We're gonna inflate that kiddie pool, and I'm gonna pretend to float in it, and I would have this drink in one hand while relaxing in a kiddie pool in my backyard. 